live from the TCL Broadcast Studios, it's Joe Suchere and Patrick Royce with Sports Talk. All righty, we're out at the 3M Championship. Next year will be the 3M Open, the 3M Championship. They started a half hour late today because they had uh, some lightning up in this area, I guess. And uh, so they're running a little late, not too bad. They'll be done uh, early. They'll be done by about 5 o'clock today. And last time I looked, they had six guys tied for the lead at 4 under, or nine guys tied for the lead at 4 under, so... Uh, it's a it's quite a a mess up there at the top of the leaderboard right now. Anyway, we're out at the 3M Championship. We're in the Expo tent. Now I was in the Expo tent about noon today. There's a big crowd in here. Somebody was giving away something free because there's a long line over here of people fighting to get at it. But uh, uh, the, all the free stuff uh, is apparent. Do we still have free stuff here? What do we have there, Miss uh, Fensky? T-shirts. Okay, there's free stuff to be, but we, you have to do the lockbox, right, to win it. So, anyway, uh, fairly, uh, it's getting a little steamy here, and uh, tomorrow they got the greats of golf. Of course, Palmer, Player, and Trevino probably for the last time, and odds are against them, right, weatherman Rook? Uh, yeah, it looks like it could be, uh, it could be some uh, precipitation. Uh, it's supposed to be thunderstorms in and out all day, I think, so. I have a what? question, Mr. Royce. Yes. Uh, Joe earlier on Garage Logic had me look up the 3M leaderboard, and I'm not, it's not just the senior open, it's golf as a whole. For those of us that aren't as familiar with a lot of the players in golf, why do we just put the first initial on the leaderboard and the last name? Are we expected to know the whole well, name of the player? They're, they're those things at a tournament like this, uh, they're put up manually. Also, the, uh, you know, if you're. On, on the electronic scoreboard, you're trying to get a lot of information up there. You probably don't have enough enough room to put up the whole line, you know, okay. whole name. So I just didn't know it. if that was some type of tradition that golf has always oh, no. been that way. Or no, whatnot. in fact, most places you don't get the first initial; you just get the last name. Got it. Uh, that's uh, that's the way that works. But I'm yeah, a- the the uh, leaderboard. A lot of leaderboards are electronic now, so but they're still you don't get the full name. Pat, next year. Um, What's going to happen, like with the Tommy Vanelli and the staff at the 3M Championship? Is it going to be completely taken over by no, the? No, no, they they're the same out uh, pro link sports are the people selling this thing. Okay, so there's just going to be change. more of them who are going to have to work a lot harder because uh, this year's I think purse is one point eight or nine. Next year's purse is six point six million. Hmm. The price of poker has gone up uh, well, when you get on a regular event. Yeah, it's. Uh, I think uh, I was told this that what basically what you do when you have an event like this, a weekly event, you mm-hmm. you cut a check to the PGA Tour for uh, twelve million dollars, and then uh, they pay everything. They pay the purse. They pay the TV. They play. They pay. They they pay for everything, and then. And then, you, so you got to bring in more than that to uh, donate to the charity, and you know, right. pay the pay the staff and do the whole thing. So, well, if you see Tommy Vanelli uh, cruising, I saw around. him today. He was uh, looked very relaxed. I'm not sure what his uh, what uh, if, if if he's hanging around when the uh, new new tournament starts or not. But they're going to have to 
they're going to have to have more staff and uh, you know three times as many tents and uh, uh, grandstands. They're going to have grandstands around the golf course, which you don't see at a at a at, a, at an event like this. There'll be down there by the 14th hole. There'll be a grandstand. There'll be behind the 17th tee. There'll be a grandstand. They'll you know spectator stands. They you know they're they are hoping to get 20,000 people to pay to get in here every uh, every you know Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. So well, I don't know if you if you know this or if I've told you this before, but Tommy Vanelli had a very uh, prominent and important part in my career here at the uh, at 1500. His dad and and my father-in-law were best friends growing up. But uh, so I went to Tommy at Met Center for a job selling sweets way mm-hmm. back when in the early yes. 90s yes and uh so i thought well i i have an end this is this is like this is as easy as pie and tommy kind of looked at me and said you know you're a great guy great personality but i don't think this is in your future <laughs> <laughs> and he said it very nice he was super yeah. nice and i said yes. tommy come on i, I got yeah. he said this this is probably not the right fit for you and then you know mm-hmm. two years later or whatever the, the stars were gone but uh i was like well, to thank uh, him for plus Further you know, in my career in radio. This isn't uh, this isn't calling somebody up and asking them to buy a shirt. You know, this is asking them to spend a hundred thousand dollars. So, what year would this have been, Rook, when you were attempting to sell sweets at Met Center? I think I was already working here, but it was just the weekend overnights. Okay, so this was would this have been ninety one to ninety two. Was this shortly after your job selling paintings in uh, in uh, restaurants? Yeah, that's when I was. Uh, that was wildlife art. <laughs> Uh, when I, my trainer brought me up to the Perkins in Forest Lake, and we get out of the car, I thought we were going to have breakfast, and he starts grabbing wildlife art out of his trunk and bring it into the restaurant. Like he's going to set it up at our, at our booth, you know, booth number seven next to the wishing well. And uh, I said, Are you nuts? The guy's name is Paul. He's like, yeah. You never know who's going to buy. I'm like, well, Nobody's going to buy while we're eating eggs Benedict. I should have just walked home at that point. Yeah, uh, but, no, but it did give you an inclination that maybe sales was your future, but then Tommy Benelli convinced you kind of otherwise. I'm picturing, you know, 25-year-old Rook in the checkered uh-huh. suit, you know, with, no. the, with the neatly trimmed haircut. Sir, would you be interested in, you know, a blue line special? Yeah, see, right, well, see, but also, yeah, I thought I was going to be a great sales guy no matter what, because oh, sales yeah. is easy. I got a good personality. I just can't ask for the check. Yeah, I, right. I went to, uh, that's the big thing. You got to ask thing. for the check. I was the work- ask is the, the hard part. Well, I was working. Anybody who ever tells you, you know, you you can get a lot of maybes, but you, you got to have the ask. You got to have the ask, and you need the the yes. I wouldn't been real good with that Murray County upbringing of mine because your mind would be probably hey, you know, really, you probably don't want to buy this, but <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, you know the old hey, hey, any chance you're going uptown, and you never say, give me a ride uptown. Right. You say. Uh, any chance you're going uptown? Hey, do you live around here? <laughs> yeah, you live around. Yeah, you get a security guard on a 17-mile drive, and you ask him if he lives around there. So. Well, and the other sales job I had, Pat, was something called Cherry Payment Systems. And Steve, oh, the, uh, the manager, was a really good uh, pick-you-up-and-you're-going-to-go-out-and-get-him-you-know-he's-a-good-pep-talker. And after that pep talk... They sold like Visa and MasterCard processing and and pay phones that were private. I picked up my wife after that first meeting, put her in the car, drove to Long Cadillac in uh-huh. Roseville and said, "Which one of these on the lot do you want?" 
I am gonna. And she still, whenever she wants to humble me, she she reminds me that. Remember when he took me to the Cadillac yeah. dealer and said, "Which one do you want?" And then you know, two months later, I quit. That's like my wife with the Zwiner estate when I. Uh you know, my dad's relatives who had all the money and we were waiting for the last one to die. And I kept saying, don't worry, we got this Weiner estate. And of course, uh, turned out when he did die, you had to be a first cousin or she didn't get any money. So, so, well, uh, Heinrich, that's that. too bad, Heinrich. That is, yeah, I didn't even know my name was Heinrich. You should have gone with Heinrich the whole time. You probably yes. would have had the money. Yeah, I could have had the money. Oh. Hey, Jerry Zagora just got back from Scotland. We talked to him when he was in Carnoustie. We're going to talk to him when we get back. How's that? Sounds like a plan. All right. Live from the 3M Championship, it is Friday Afternoon Sports Talk. Jerry Zagota covers the Timberwolves for the Star Tribune, but during his summer layoff, he was, uh, first you were in Vegas for the Summer League. Yes. And then you headed to Carnoustie in Scotland. Uh, you watched the uh, British Open and then played golf in uh, Scotland. You were telling me it's gotten a little pricey to uh, hit the pellet now. It has a little bit, so I found a place that was uh, a bargain by, by Scot- <laughs> Scottish standards. So I started in Carnoustie and ended up on the southwest, very southwest edge of Scotland in uh, a place called the Kintyre Peninsula, which Paul McCartney made famous a long time ago, and then ended up with the final day of the Senior Open at uh, St. Andrews. So it was quite a trip. I have seen that, now that you bring it up, I know what I, I, I found that part of Scotland that I never knew existed. It's it's really way out there in the middle of nowhere, isn't it? It's actually it is the long and winding road because yeah. McCartney had a farm down by where okay. I stayed for five days. And in the old days, before you had private jets and all that stuff, you'd have to go up through Glasgow, go all the way around, take this long drive, and that was where he got the, t- the song title from. And it's actually closer to Ireland than it is the rest of Scotland, pretty much. Now, what, one golf course down there, or what? There's a there's a, several, but I just played one five days because I got the five-day pass. A place called Makrahanish, which has been around since 1867, <laughs> designed by old Tom Morris. Really? Yep. Oh, old Tom, okay, yep. who, uh, who uh, I... Did he win more British Opens than Young Tom? Actually, Young Tom, I Young think, Tom did, but up. then he died at 24, and I visited both of their graves, like the last <laughs> thing I did in St. Andrews before I came home. Oh, okay. They didn't go home to uh, the, the island there. to. Uh... So Young Tom died at 24? Yeah, they're bad. both buried in uh, the uh, Cathedral Cemetery in, uh, in St. Andrews. I believe when Tiger won by 15 at Pebble Beach, he broke one of their records for the largest margin of victory. Maybe, major. yeah. I'm not sure which one. Hey, give me the last round at Carnoustie. I got a little loud when Tiger went to the lead. That place was ready to combust if, if he had uh, kept it going and gone into the to the, uh, the back nine. Um, I, I was following him, and then uh, when you get to kind of 10 and 11, it goes into a far corner of the um, the course. So I waited and stood, mm-hmm. stayed in a grandstand waiting for him to come back. And by the time he came back from those two holes, he was three over. He doubled and then bogeyed, and it was kind of all over. But people were ready to go crazy if he was going to make a, make a push there in the, in the back nine. You could just feel it. So the Scots, uh, the Scots like they like the underdog story too, huh? Yeah, they, well, they love Tiger. I mean, everywhere you went, you know, even practice rounds, trying to follow him, you could tell where he was everywhere because that's where the mass of people was. How many Americans are in the gallery? Can you tell percentage wise? Ten percent? No, the ones wearing the stupid uh, flag p- pants for sure. <laughs> you saw that? Yeah, I maybe, maybe ten percent. Mm-hmm. I mean, you heard all kinds of languages, but. Uh, 
Mostly, mostly Scots and uh, I would guess English, but uh, there were there were some uh, Americans there that uh, you, you could tell either through their accent or what they were wearing. Did you uh, first British Open or not? First time ever again. Oh, I've always sure, always yeah. wanted to go. It's one of those things you watch at two a.m. You go to you take a nap and you wake up and you <laughs> and still watch it. I always that and the Rose Bowl when I was a little kid were the two things I always wanted to see. What's well, the last golf course in the world where they tee off on one? Yeah. Everybody uh, the first. Uh, all the groups, uh, every group tees off on one because they got so damn much daylight. That they start like no 645, and I think the last group yeah. was like 410. They don't have the, I don't think the same guy announces the, the players anymore. No. Though. The guy that I, always act like he Ivan was, he always act like he surprised they were there. <laughs> you know, he was great, though. Yeah, I love the British Open because it's, there's an informality to it that we don't see over here, didn't you think? I mean, well, one is there isn't the same kind of security getting in. Yes. You basically walk in, and like you mentioned, you can go up and buy a ticket anytime you want. Yeah. There's no sellouts. You walk up, and and uh, you know you've got to find your your spot on the course because there are big crowds. But uh, it's just and just the fact that there's been 147 of them. You know the history of it. You go into the the tents and the history and then you read all about it is just and it, it's kind of cool because i think when i talked to you it was the wednesday night before and when i got into town on tuesday i was walking to where i was staying actually camping and ended up sitting next to outside a pizza place jason day <laughs> yeah, and then me. and then on waiting saturday for, waiting for his pizza, pizza. Yeah. and then on saturday getting takeout after the third round i'm in line behind tony finau for 20 minutes oh really so, i was rooting for tony on sunday i'd like to see him win it was like this little village you were living in it was cool well, and then, uh, so you got to see the Roiling Seas when you played golf then, this, oh, yeah. this place down there. Man. Yeah, the place I played was, basically you go down this peninsula as far as you can go to a place called Campbelltown, take a right, and it's the end of the road, and it was, it's, you know, you can tell from 1867, every tee shot seems like it's blind, it's in the dunes, it's, it's, it was beautiful. Is it uh, dry, and that, what'd that cost you? I bought the five-day pass which allowed me to play as much as i wanted so it was a little under 400 bucks and i played 116 really? holes in three and a half days and if you had decided to stay over on that side of the first of fourth you would have spent four thousand huh? what do you think that is there okay well like uh there's a place called cruden bay which is north of uh, carnoustie and that's like 130 uh, pounds around so that's almost 200 bucks so i now what does uh, st andrews had the british a senior coming up, so they didn't. They couldn't be booking any high price. I was hoping that what I wanted to do was go there and just you know buy like their three day ticket and then come home. But uh, they basically, you know, they've got like seven courses there and they used like four of them for infrastructure for the open. Oh, was, really? It was for the first time the open had ever been there. And on Sunday, I walked all eighteen in the rain with uh, Layman and Tom Watson. It was kind of cool to see Watson's last round there and coming over the Swilkin Bridge and saying goodbye to everybody. They love Watson. Yeah, they do. I he won remember. five times over there. Never at St. Andrews, but he won five times there. And uh, Oh, he never won at St. Andrews. I but but to see him still hit the ball at 68, I mean, he was in contention Saturday night and couldn't put it together on Sunday, but that's pretty amazing. I remember when he and uh, Woosnam were uh, fighting for the uh, Masters, and I was sitting there with some Brits, Scots, you know, who loved Watson, and, and Woosman made a fairly long putt, and uh, the... Uh, and Watson made it on top of him, and and one of those one of those Scotsmen said, "Oh, he is a ruthless bleep." You know? <laughs> they uh, they have great admiration for his cold blooded play. He's an amazing story that he just he was the greatest putter ever, and then he couldn't putt. Yeah, and uh, 
I mean, he, uh, it, it's still, I still remember, I used to have a brunch at my house for how much I love the British Open for all my friends, and then we'd go play Mississippi Dunes because it was the closest thing you'd come to a Lynx. And I still remember the 2009 when he came, you know, that whisker from beating, yeah. from winning, and Stuart Sink beat him. And well, he hits the ball in the middle of the green, he wins. Yeah, he's just too amped up. He hit it over the green in the bunker, couldn't get up and down, and that would have been one of the great stories of all time in sports. So uh, how are we going to do with the PGA Tour event here on uh, July uh, 4th weekend? Well, it'll be interesting given that date. You know, I saw the leaderboard coming in, and uh, I walked about nine holes this morning. I saw a day. I go, hey, Jason Day's leading it. And Hollis would be very happy to have that happen next year. Oh, he would. (laughs) There's uh, he'll get, I was saying yesterday, Spieth, Tiger, Johnson, uh, Thomas, he'll get one of them. One of them? He'll get one of them. He'll beg and plead enough to get one of them, and that'll... That'll be. It'll go well the first time. It's a question of sustaining it. But the other deal is the competitiveness too. The 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 uh, women's uh, PGA is at uh, Hazeltine. What two weeks beforehand? Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't know. You're how... fighting for you know tent dollars and stuff. So. Yeah, that's a one year only thing next year. But uh, you know, I don't know how that Fourth of July weekend will, will play. I mean, everybody can't go to the cabin. No, so right. A lot of people die. I, I don't buy that theory that that's going to kill them. But uh, you know. Now that St. Paul doesn't have a fireworks, you can put a terrific uh, fireworks up here. Well, I have uh, a big barbecue. You think the house has thought of that? Uh, yep. So, uh, what's uh, uh, do we got any turmoil? Uh, no, no recent turmoil with the Timberwolves to worry about. No, so I said the other day was trying to calm that all over with okay. Glenn Taylor. So yeah, there's right. no problem. No there's problem there. here. Yeah. So. Well, that's we'll see. I mean, it's going to be interesting because they got to figure out what they're going to do and what Jimmy's going to do because you can't just let him go at the end of the year after what you've given up for him. So, if, you know, if you're going to have to trade him, when's that going to happen? And it could be a really tumultuous, interesting year. All right, Jerry. Thank you for stopping by, sir. Thank you very much. All right. We'll be back. We will be back. Sports Talk Friday afternoon version. And we've got Mr. Bruce Vale with the Your Money Now report. He's holding steady in New Jersey and it comes with courtesy of Owatonna's own Federated Insurance. Good afternoon, Bruce. Hello there. Wall Street's major stock indexes closed higher to end the week as some late buying pulled the NASDAQ composite out of negative territory. The Dow Jones Industrial Average gained 136 points to close at 25,462. The NASDAQ rose 9 points and the S&P 500 gained 13. Dairy company Hood is recalling more than 140,000 half-gallon cartons of almond bread It's a popular alternative to milk because the product may actually contain milk, which could pose a problem for people with milk allergies. The Almond Breeze being recalled has a use-by date of September 2nd. Starbucks is jumping on the cryptocurrency bandwagon. The coffee shop chain is partnering with Microsoft and some other companies to launch a new digital platform that will allow customers to use Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies to pay for their drinks and food. I'm Bruce Vale with your money now on 1500 ESPN. Okay, Bruce, thank you very much. We're going to cut you loose. We're seeing the uh, typical Friday bleep show on the uh, free, freeways, so we're going to have to talk about this. This uh, report sponsored by your neighborhood ACE. We'll start with Northbound 35W, already plugging up between County D and US 10 with a wreck somewhere along in the uh, County 10 neighborhood. And then be ready for a lane blocker before you even get to that. It sounds like the right lane's blocked. Northbound W at Industrial. Watch for Anoka County out with bad guys. Northbound Highway 65 at Osborne. Burglary suspects were chased down and arrested. They might be out of there by now, but if you see flashing lights, that's what it is. 
And over in uh, Maple Grove, westbound 94, dealing with a rollover wreck that was blocking all lanes at Hemlock. Looks like one lane is now open through the carnage right now. Again, that's westbound 94 at Hemlock. With the ACMN bucket sale, get 20% off on... All right, 3M Championship. We got Jerry Smith is the leader, 5-under. And there's nine players at four under, so uh, it's a it's a jam-packed field. Manny Hill has arrived. We got his golf expertise to lean on oh, yeah, here I'll now. Break it down for you. So uh, we're good there. But uh, here's Mr. John Height. Thank you, Patrick. Partly cloudy and 83 degrees. Twins and Royals tonight from Target Field. Jake Odorizzi goes for the Twins. Righty Heath Fillmeyer. Who? Heath Fillmeyer. Oh, he'll pitch for Kansas yeah. City. Uh, the Twins they claimed a couple <laughs> oh. of. Break this news to the fans slowly so they don't get too excited, will you, Johnny? (laughs) They claimed a couple of players off waivers today. A right-handed pitcher, Oliver Drake, claimed from Toronto. Infielder, Johnny Field from Tampa Bay. Uh, Drake actually will be joining the team tomorrow while Field is being sent to Rochester. The 31-year-old Drake is joining his fifth team this season. He's, and he's, uh, I think he's pitched 14 innings in the big leagues, and that uh, is a 31-year-old. Is that right, Johnny? No, that's uh, he's pitched in 14 games this year, actually. Oh, oh really? Okay. Be- between but he's, his ERA is a little high. His ERA is over seven. He's one and one. His <laughs> ERA is over seven. Uh, so far this year, he's pitched with Milwaukee, Cleveland, the Angels, Toronto, and now uh, his fifth team will be the Twins in this major league season. Now, I could get myself all worked up and talk about claiming random guys but I'm out here there's a few people around they'd wonder why this old guy was screaming so I think I'll just leave it at another guy who has no chance to be there in a month another guy that you claim you pitch twice and you release him these guys have gone nuts you're gonna have another tom powers moment here in a yeah minute. tom powers moment no he's, we should he's, have played we should have played a tom powers moment yesterday on the sports talk <laughs> but, uh. at the bridgestone international uh three fellas are done for the day tied with uh, the lead for 11 under with 11 under ian poulter tommy fleetwood and justin thomas uh in uh, second place kyle stanley he's still out on the course through nine he's at 10 under where's aldrick he was six last night he was uh three under last i saw Oh, so he's seven now. He's uh, getting close. Phil Phil, uh, Mackey getting very excited. (laughs) Lynx beaten by 22 last night in Los Angeles. They were bad last night. They're right back at it this evening in Seattle to play the Storm. You know what I would have said if I was Coach Reeve after last night's game? Lindsay, go over and join your team in Italy. We'll see you in a few days. <laughs> Lindsay, have what, 15 minutes, no points, no didn't, assists. Didn't score, yeah. No assists either. And Robinson had six assists. So. I did see you got some bites on uh, some trolling oh, I did. you did. Uh, I did. I got my bites on uh, oh, oh, Cheryl. They had the, the picture of her screaming at the official, uh, and I uh, pointed out that what a, uh, you know, what an embarrassment she's proved to be to the state, and too bad she can't be calm on the sidelines like Tibbs. Yeah, and one young lady called you a very bad yes, name. She for that yes, she did. Particular I did see that. She uh, called me a rectal opening, although, <laughs> although in, in much blunter terms. Yes. But the best part was the guy who responded to her, and then she said, so stick it where the sun doesn't shine. 
<laughs> and the guy says, "Well, why did you edit yourself on that second one when you'd already when you'd already broken out the big one earlier? Why did you bother to edit yourself?" It's like playing hearts; it's already been broken out. So <laughs> yeah, <go> right. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. News notes from today: The Minneapolis City Council Mayor Jacob Fry have signed a letter today, formally requesting the U.S. Census Bureau remove a citizenship question from the 2020 Census questionnaire. U.S. Commerce Secretary Wilbur Ross announced the plan in March, saying the question was needed in part to help the government enforce the Voting Rights Act, the 1965 law meant to protect political representation of minority groups. The plan has resulted in lawsuits, including one for Minnesota and a number of other states and cities. The census is required by the Constitution and used to determine the number of seats that each state has in the House of Representatives, as well as how federal money is distributed to local communities. City officials in Minneapolis say the inclusion of the question is likely to deter immigrant and refugee residents from taking part, undermining the ability of cities to get accurate population counts. Several agencies in eastern Minnesota helped in a rescue in a Pine County Park Wednesday afternoon. According to the sheriff's office, a 13-year-old girl was climbing with a group in Robinson Park in Sandstone when her knee became wedged between two pieces of rock about 40 feet up. I hate it when that happens. First responders couldn't get her out, so rescue climbers from the St. Louis County Rescue Squad and Isandy Fire Department called in. In all, more than 40 rescuers uh, were called. How did they get her out? Oh. Uh, they used soap. That's correct, Kenny. It was liquid really? soap oh. that finally allowed the girl's leg to come free. Crazy. They had tried various methods, including a hammer and a chisel and the jaws of life. Well, that would hurt the knee. Yes. But the liquid soap finally uh, allowed uh, them to get John, the what was wrong? Were, were the stairs closed? The elevator not working? I, I think they were climbing, Kenny. They were no. engaged in an athletic pursuit. <laughs> hey, Rook. Yes. If you were in the rescue crew, what do you said? Sorry, we're going to have to cut it off. Yeah, I would have went right for just, the... Uh, just for a couple of giggles? Because you know what she would do then? She'd start wiggling that thing out of there in no time. You know, she wanted to get all the treatment and all the, you know, love. And it's a, well, you know what? Hey, grab the saw. We're going to get this done right here. We're going to get back for lunch. Get the butter. I would have got the get, butter. Get the butter. It was announced today that Chris Rock will star in the fourth season of the Fargo television show. Oh, man. Get it going. I want to see it. That'll be good. The first three seasons, of course, the Midwest Anthology show has bounced around, wreaking havoc across Minnesota, Bemidji, Duluth, Laverne, St. Cloud, Eden Valley, and more. The Dakotas also tied up in the show's man. Uh, Each season has delivered a distinct set of characters with occasional overlaps for keen-eyed viewers. Uh, Like the show's second season, this new one will go back in time. Uh, It's set for the 1950s. So a, a black guy in Fargo in the 1950s, oh, they've boy, already stretched the yeah. uh, parameters of reality here. I bet so, he was a lonely guy. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, so, John, is he going to be like a lead character, or is he, he just going to be kind of a complimentary piece to from the, what I saw, the cast? Uh, from you're what saying I saw. token, uh, man? <laughs> well, it's a legitimate question, Kenny. <laughs> from what I saw, uh, he's going to be one of the lead characters, and it involves a crime ring of some sort. But it won't be set in uh, Fargo. It will be set near Kansas City. Which oh, yeah, those, no those sense, guys, so. it'll probably be the start of those guys from Kansas City that oh, they end up killing like 20 years later, right? Yeah, remember? That's the- going to be the group from Kansas City, sure. And the one hitman, actually. Wasn't he from Kansas City? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. So there And you Rock are. can do serious roles, too, right? I mean, he's, a, oh, he's yeah. an actor. Yeah. yeah. Well, 
Last uh, season so three. Walking around and go, what is with Fargo? <laughs> season three, Ewan McGregor was playing two characters, yeah. and for about three weeks, I couldn't stand it, and it just got better and better and better. Yeah. And people, I didn't forget, I didn't give up on it. It was fantastic before it was over. I uh, stopped watching it because I thought it got awful. Then you told me to finish watching it, and you're right. Uh, <laughs> I have not seen that. one episode of that. Oh, not one. Oh man, kid. one and two are Kirsten Dunst in season two yep. is fantastic. Yeah, very good. Is that on my Amazon thing, John? Yeah, I don't know, Kenny. I'm it's on sure. one or the other. Yeah, you, you'll be able to find Amazon. it somewhere. Right. What channel is Channel 9? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Joe will help you, Kenny. Yeah, he'll call <laughs> Joe over. Mayor will help you find it. <laughs> hey, did you hear the mayor's... Uh, were you there for the mayor's moment last yesterday, Kenny? What'd he do now? I brought. I told... Oh, no, it was the last segment at 358, and I said... Yeah, and we'll be talking about, we'll have a guest to talk about the Ohio State mess. And he said, what's going on there? <laughs> Jeez. Oh, sushi boy. You're home for sports talk. You got to gotta stop looking at that tax bill, Joe. Come on, man. Just put it down for a week. <laughs> the highest paid coach in America has just got put on suspension for covering up domestic abuse. A group what of 11... Group of eleven coworkers won last week's massive Mega Millions jackpot. That was announced today. At the time of the drawing, the prize listed at five hundred twenty-two million, but uh, later up uh, upwards uh, revised to five hundred forty-three million. Uh, the group didn't usually form an office pool, but had decided for some reason to buy a ticket for the July twenty-fourth drawing on a whim. Eleven of them involved, as I said. Uh, they didn't say how much they'd collect. They could spread the prize out in payments over 30 years or take the lump sump of $320.5 million. Uh, the winners ranged in age from 21 to 60, said they all planned to keep on working. Lottery did. The 60-year-old said, let's take the lump sum, and the <laughs> yeah, other right. guy said, let's spread her out. The 21-year-old said, let's spread it out. What was the lump sum, John? $320.5 million, 320.5. Oh, my word. So, so they're, so they're all, they're all multiple million. So they get, yep. 30 a, they get 30 apiece. Yep. Nice. Lottery didn't say where they worked, other than that it's a financial industry. And they'll <laughs> listen every day. Right. <laughs> they Except the one guy working. that ran in early to the office to leave something on the desk of his boss. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's take a break. We'll be back. Live from the 3M Championship. We're at the 3M Championship. They're winding down for the day. Uh, tomorrow, Nicholas Trevino and player headline the greats of golf that threesome and uh, probably the last time you get to see those three guys play in the twin cities they might show up here and hit a couple of balls and make a sign some autographs in the future now the weather forecast isn't wonderful but who knows maybe uh maybe it'll avoid anoka county uh, and uh you know this and not john you don't get much bad weather up in this part of the land do you nah no, the, the tornadoes never hit up here. Yeah, man. once in a while. I've lost a couple trees since I've lived yeah. up there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, you know, you guys go to Costco ever? Yeah. Oh, always. You, you get, Hell you know, no. They have the tastings, you know, the yeah, samples. sampling yeah. and stuff. Well, in South Carolina, things got a little dicey at Costco after a couple of 70-year-olds got into a physical altercation. Oh, this over is a wonderful story. Free really? samples. Picture a couple of guys with their britches pulled up to their <laughs> bosoms. <laughs> 
and fighting for the free. You took the last pretzel. According to police, a 70-year-old man claimed the incident all began when he was standing in line for a free piece of cheese at the Costco in Greenville. Yes. As but it's okay. really good cheese. In okay. line. As he was waiting, another older man, 72, he says cut in line, took some cheese, and walked away. Oh, but man. It didn't end there, though. Later, as the 70-year-old was waiting for a free cheeseburger sample, he saw the alleged <laughs> line... <laughs> He saw the alleged line jumper approaching and addressed him sarcastically, saying he could get in front of him because he knew he'd just cut in line anyway. The 72-year-old then called him a jerk, clocked him on the side of the head, knocking off his hat and glasses. With his gloves, John? Did he slap him with his gloves? Uh, No arrests in the July 26th incident have been made as of yet, as the senior citizens have had different versions of the incident. The 72-year-old had left the warehouse-style store by the time police got there, but admitted to police that he was involved in an altercation when they contacted him. However, he told police he hit the younger fellow because he felt threatened by him. Police are reviewing surveillance footage from Costco. So they took it to Fist City, John. They did. Yeah. <laughs> City. Wow. Wow. Thanks, Loretta. Please tell me this. Pardon me? I'm rooting for the 72-year-old guy. The guy that cut in line? Yeah, same age as me. Oh, I and me and him went downtown Charlie. That's right. <laughs> down, down, now, downtown, the only thing Charlie. that would make this better is if this all happened before 10 a.m. <laughs> yes. They got their mall oh, walkers yeah. on. Yeah. It's almost lunchtime. I would love to see the surveillance video. That would be so fun. Mm-hmm. Police say an Arkansas man accused of trying to steal a commercial jet told investigators he thought to pilot the plane would be easy and all he'd have to do is push a few buttons and pull a few levers. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> investigators say 18-year-old Zamarcus Devon Scott wanted to fly to an out-of-state concert when he hopped okay. inside the well, American his, his Eagle motive jet. was good, okay. The Texarkana Gazette reports Scott was inside the cockpit when he was arrested on July 4th. <laughs> These things fly themselves. <laughs> <laughs> he was charged this week, remains jailed on commercial burglary and attempted theft of property charges. Envoy Air operates the plane. They said the plane was not damaged. An affidavit says police found Scott after responding to reports of the man jumping off the plane and then jumping an airport fence. When we stop having security at the small airports, this is going to happen <laughs> routinely. A Hawaii judge has ordered the eviction of the tenants of an Oahu rental home that advertised naked parties. Oh, gained the ire of neighbors. The judge sided with the property manager, citing lease violations, multiple disturbances, and running a business out of the home. Neighbors have complained of the so-called Freedom Houses, loud parties, naked yoga, and a fire that consumed a car during one of the parties. Oh, boy. An attorney for property... For naked yoga, do you want to be in front or do you want to be in back? (laughs) You know, the middle of that island's got some uh, strange areas there that are a little little funky. (laughs) I I was playing golf there one day. I was uh, at a naked party. (laughs) No, I was in the middle of the island playing a cheap golf course and a pack of wild dogs started chasing me and I had to get in my cart and all ass... (laughs) They were about a hundred yards away. Oh my god! Oh my god! I would love to see that. Oh, Roy, gotta be on some security cameras. I now I found out why they didn't when you when you paid your ten bucks to play. They didn't tell you might get chased by wild dogs. Don't eat any sausages with your fingers prior to playing. No hot dogs recommended. 
Uh, tenant Amy Highmore said the property manager and neighbors are just retaliating because of the alternative lifestyle. Uh, she said, I'm a naturalist. This is my religion, and I have the right to be nude. I'm not offensive. Lawyers. Well, yeah, that's all fine and good, but, uh, you know, come on. You don't have to have noisy parties all night, and somebody's car got burned to the ground. <laughs> yes. Lawyers from both sides working out a moving date for the tenants. In Massachusetts, a couple moving into a home there found what they think is a stash of Prohibition-era booze. Oh, neat. The Patriot Ledger says Ian Sutherland and his girlfriend, Alexa Lee, found dozens of dusty glass bottles and clay jugs shelved behind a false wall in the Quincy home. Mm-hmm. Huh. Contractor uncovered the hidden compartment while working in the basement in July after the couple had moved from Connecticut. Some of the 56 bottles still contain liquid that Sutherland said appears to include beer and moonshine. He said now, though, they just uh, give off a vinegary smell. The head of the- Ah, damn it. Head of the Quincy Historical Society says it's still too soon to know how long the bottles were hidden. Quincy banned alcohol sales in the year 1880 amid the temperance wow. movement. This house was built in 1910. Yeah, open up one of those bottles and take a swig. Take a rest. <laughs> Let's roll the dice. Let's see what we got here. <laughs> a suburban Detroit man who found himself facing fines after a wild turkey moved into his overgrown backyard says he's now made friends with the massive bird. Mm-hmm. Garden City bans residents from keeping wild animals as pets, so the city fined Mark Johnson 100 bucks for harboring the turkey and another 100 for dumping brush at his curb after he cleaned up his backyard in an effort to get the 30-pound turkey to leave. Well, there's one way we could get it out of there, Royce. <laughs> yes, right. Did you ever eat a wild turkey? No, thing? no. Uh, they're, what, what's the purpose when they... When they're fattening those other ones up for you, and they don't cost much. Yeah, yeah, and I've heard it's not that great, but I've never sampled it. My two uncles never uh, ate a wild turkey, but they sure drank a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Detroit News reports the city eventually dismissed the turkey ticket since Johnston wasn't keeping the animal as a pet. Uh, Meanwhile, the turkey remains in his yard. Johnston says as far as he's concerned, the bird can stay as long as he wants. State officials say wild animals can only be moved if they're a nuisance or a threat. All right, Johnny, how long did you stay drinking beer last night, Johnny? Oh, I saw you in there. He was here later than I was, and I, I did the damn not. show. I was you had a... to do a taste test. Yeah, well, he had three different kinds there, so I had to okay, check Okay, well, out. good. Okay, you just take sips, though, people. That's Don't right. worry about it. All right, thanks. All right, we're at the Three M Championship. Manny Hills here, and uh, it's winding down. We got seven players tied for the lead at five under. We got quite a mess on the leaderboard out here. Uh, tomorrow, as I said, the uh, greats of golf will be here. Uh, player Palmer and Trevino. I was rooted for Trevino when I was a kid, but uh, they'll be, hopefully the uh, weather will not be outrageous, and they'll be able to play. And that'll uh, draw draw a nice crowd. And you know what? The uh, the Champions Tour is all about nostalgia, and that's pretty good nostalgia to wrap it up with. Not I too loved, bad, yeah. I yeah. loved meeting Lee Trevino when we had him on, what was it, last yes. year or the year before. And I, I even asked him about his endorsements, the Bridgestone. But you can feel it when you drive it. He was always <laughs> such a fun guy to watch as a as a young kid. And now that was really the fun part is – 
seeing those guys that I watched as a kid and, you know, like Jerry Pate, uh, Trevino, all those guys. It was just, that was always neat to go out to the 3M. And, uh, yeah, Trevino uh, used to watch him play practice rounds at Augusta in his later years there, and he'd go out and make that ball dance for the play. For the, he'd just hit all these trick shots that the gallery would go crazy. He could always talk to the golf ball, baby. All righty, we'll be back, uh, uh, and we'll uh, have a couple of guests here from the 3M uh, Championship, but we just don't know who yet because <laughs> the leaderboard is still coming Oh, you're going to have a lot uh, of surprises. Together. All right. All right, 1500 ESPN is KSTP St. Paul, Minneapolis. The ride's next.